Welcome to Snap Sessions, an episodic podcast that looks at international artists and their creative pursuits, as well as interesting articles and broadcasts across the political spectrum. My name's Doug Nunn. I'm joined by Techmeister Marshall Downtown Brown and voiceover colossus Ken Krauss, and by our artist of the show. Our guest this episode is German filmmaker Stefan Hillebrand, an innovator in improvised film and a longtime actor-performer. Support for Snap Sessions is brought to you by listeners who contribute generously at our link, patreon.com forward slash snap sessions, or through the link in the Snap Sessions website, thesnapsessions.com, and also the link in our show notes. Climate change denial, a crime against our planet. Two recent trials concerning climate change have caught my eye. The first was a trial where the cities of Oakland and San Francisco attempted to sue major fossil fuel companies for the damages their polluting activities have done to these cities. This honorable court is now in session. Come to order. After a remarkable period where the U.S. District Court Judge William Alsup requested a tutorial on the subject, quote, so that the poor judge can learn some science... Allowing renowned experts in some of the biggest oil companies to answer key questions, the judge dismissed the case on the grounds that the courts were not the proper place to deal with such global issues. The second trial, a lawsuit brought by 21 young people seeking to force the federal government to take action to address climate change, was recently allowed to proceed. A young woman named Kelsey Juliana is the named plaintiff in the case. I'm Kelsey Juliana. I'm 19 years old. And I'm a co-plaintiff on the lawsuit. One of 21 young people demanded redress from the seemingly inevitable march toward oblivion the fossil fuel companies are leading us on. The lawyer for Juliana, Julia Olson, said the youth of our nation won an important decision today from the Supreme Court that shows even the most powerful government in the world must follow the rules and process of litigation in our democracy. But with Congress in the hands of a party beholden to the fossil fuel industries... We strongly believe that no country should have to sacrifice economic prosperity or energy security in pursuit of environmental sustainability. With a president who calls climate change a hoax... I don't believe it. ...and who pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accords last year, making the United States, quote, the largest single historical source of carbon, the only nation not engaged in international efforts to control it, We're on a full steam ahead, but preventable death wish spiral to hell. Oh, hell no! Although few of us have walked away from the modern conveniences that the Industrial Revolution and its subsequent periods of innovation has given us, from steam engines to cars to computers, we are increasingly aware of the environmental blight that has followed in their wake. As Bill McKibben tells us in a recent New Yorker article, Life on a Shrinking Planet, We were spewing so much carbon into the atmosphere that nature was no longer a force beyond our influence. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. And humanity, with its capacity for industry and heedlessness, had come to affect every cubic meter of the planet's air, every inch of its surface, every drop of its water. 
The result of this constant barrage of effluent is that presently we are dumping 110 million tons of man-made global warming pollution into the atmosphere every single day. What a mess. (laughs) My bad. During the past 200 years, we have burned immense quantities of coal and gas and oil in car motors, basement furnaces, power plants, steel mills, and as we have done so, carbon atoms is combined with oxygen atoms in the air to produce carbon dioxide. This, along with other gases like methane, has trapped heat that would otherwise have radiated back out to space. McKibben further states, Human beings have always experienced wars and truces, crashes and recoveries, famines and terrorism. We've endured tyrants and outlasted perverse ideologies. I am going to be the greatest president that God ever created. Remember that. Climate change is different. As a team of scientists recently pointed out in the journal Nature Climate Change, the physical shifts we're inflicting on the planet will extend longer than the entire history of human civilization thus far. At this point, with the Trump administration having withdrawn from the Paris Climate Accords, with Mitch McConnell and his fossil fuel whores running the Senate, citizens have no other recourse than the courts. This may seem like a feeble option, and the newly elected House of Reps may be helpful. But in the end, fossil fuel companies and their sycophantic supporters... They'll keep it short and sweet. Family. Religion. Friendship. These are the three demons you must slay if you wish to succeed in business. ...deserve worse. They deserve a Nuremberg-style world court to examine their stubborn refusal to do anything other than maximize profits while they spread eco-misery. We've been warned for more than 30 years. NASA climatologist James Hansen testified before Congress 30 years ago that our economy's reliance on fossil fuels was building up CO2 in the atmosphere and would lead to tragedy, environmental, economic, and health-wise. Exxon and other oil companies were quite aware of the results of their actions. Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. In July 1977, James F. Black, one of Exxon's senior scientists, addressed many of the company's top leaders in New York, explaining the earliest research on the greenhouse effect. There is general scientific agreement that the most likely manner in which mankind is influencing the global climate is through carbon dioxide release from the burning of fossil fuels, he said, according to a written version of this speech, which was later recorded. In 1978, speaking to the company's executives, Black estimated that a doubling of the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere would increase average global temperatures by between 2 and 3 degrees Celsius, or 5.4 degrees Fahrenheit, and as much as 10 degrees Celsius, or 18 degrees Fahrenheit, at the poles. It was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. The goal became to emphasize the uncertainty and to spread deniability. Following in the wake of tobacco companies... Let me ask you first uh, whether each of you believes uh, that nicotine is not addictive. Yes or no? Do you believe nicotine is not addictive? I believe nicotine is not addictive, yes. Mr. Johnston. Congressman, cigarettes and nicotine clearly do not meet the classic definitions of addiction. Again, time is short. I think each of you believe nicotine is not addictive. We just would like to have this for the record. I don't believe that nicotine or our products are addictive. I believe nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. I believe that nicotine is not addictive. And I too believe that nicotine is not addictive. 
it became the objective of fossil fuel giants to obfuscate and spread doubt. In the 1950s, as tobacco was being cited as a causative agent in lung cancer, emphysema, and heart disease, the tobacco industry worked hard to establish doubt as to causation. When Rachel Carson published Silent Spring in the early 1960s, the chemical and pesticide industries castigated Carson as a, quote, spinster and a bunny lover. What's up, Doc? But they couldn't overcome her science. And over the past 20 years, as Al Gore and 98% of accumulated science lays responsibility for climate change on human activity, on fossil fuels and carbon pollution, corporate polluters go to the same playbook. As tobacco companies finally admitted back then, doubt is our product. Fossil fuel has worked hard to lead opposition to taxes on fossil fuels, to the Kyoto Protocol, the first global initiative to address climate change, to the Paris Accords, and to any legislation that would cut into their bottom line. As stated by Republican strategist Frank Luntz, Should the public come to believe that the scientific issues are settled, their views about global warming will change accordingly. Game over, man! Game over! Therefore, you need to continue to make the lack of scientific certainty a primary issue in the debate. As Bill McKibben points out, Quote, the coalition had used its power to slow us down precisely at the moment when we needed to speed up. As a result, the particular politics of one country for one half century will have changed the geological history of the earth. The intention of the fossil fuel companies to make money at all costs has been clear from the beginning. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Feed at the trough of capitalism, no matter what the consequences for humanity, nature, or the planet. How nice for them. As Michael Mann and Tom Tolles say in their 2015 book, The Madhouse Effect, The climate change denial industry has adopted the strategy of obscuring the basic concepts through a torrent of typically misleading arguments about technical details and minutiae. And, they further add, climate change denial isn't really about the science. It's about the politics. It's about powerful, vested interests that find the implications of the science that there is a need to stop burning fossil fuels inconvenient. It's about a massive disinformation campaign. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength to justify an agenda of inaction. The classic definition of crimes against humanity are, quote, certain acts that are deliberately committed as part of a widespread or systematic attack or individual attack directed against any civilian or an identifiable part of the civilian population, unquote. Sowing doubt in the pursuit of profits, poisoning the planet heedlessly while whole populations are sickened or brought to the brink of death, may not be a classic war crime, but perhaps the definition should be widened as we careen toward planetary disaster that has been and continues to be preventable. If Juliana versus the United States does not go to the Supreme Court, perhaps world citizens should consider a UN trial against major fossil fuel companies and their protectors in the U.S. government and in governments around the world. We need to change the direction of our world economy toward a greener future, and we need to consider a reckoning for criminals against the environment. 
Let Mother Earth testify and let fossil fuel lawyers figure out a response based on scientific truth. To understand the fundamental facts of energy, you must have a working knowledge of its terminology. From atoms down to x-ray, sing along and learn with me the ABCs and XYZs of energy. The law of conservation, speaking universally, says you can't increase or decrease the amount of energy. Though energy may change its form and does it constantly, you can't increase Increase or decrease the quantity. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. And Sam Spoon's rhythm pole. And Vern Dudley Bohey Noel, bass guitar. The Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Piano. Come in, Rodney Slater on the saxophone. In the fall of 1974, I returned to UC Berkeley from a year as an exchange student at Trinity College, Dublin, Ireland. As part of the obligations on my return, I met various British and Irish exchange students then at Berkeley at parties and social occasions. One guy I met with whom I became instant friends was Steve Jowers from Mersey Island in Essex and then a student at the University of Sussex. We hit it off right away. I nicknamed Steve Lime, after all he was a limey, and introduced him to all my friends. Lime quickly became a fixture in my Berkeley social scene. Lime was brilliant, energetic, and full of cultural insights. He also introduced me and us to all kinds of British cultural gems, including Monty Python's Flying Circus, The Goon Show, and to an obscure but silly band called the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Franklin McCormack on harmonica. Over there, Eric Clapton, ukulele. Hi, Eric. On my left, Sir Kenneth Clark, bass sax. The Bonzos started out as a trad jazz or traditional jazzy band covering 1920 and 1930s songs. They attended various art colleges around London and met at the Royal College of Art around 1962. They were initially mostly a conglomeration of brass instruments doing Winchester Cathedral Ovodio Do type songs. The band's name originally came together in a very art schooly kind of way. According to Wikipedia, The name was inspired by playing a Dadaist word game using cut-up technique, which involves writing words or phrases on paper, tearing the paper into strips, and then randomly reassembling the strips to form new phrases. One of the phrases created was Bonzo Dog Dada Band. Bonzo Dog, after Bonzo the Dog, a popular British cartoon character created by artist George Study in the 1920s, and Dada after the early 20th century art movement. As I mentioned above, the first song sounded like hits from the 1920s. The band was popular in clubs and on various tours, with the group solidifying around Vivian Stanchel, trumpet, lead vocals, Neil Innes, piano, guitar, lead vocals, 
Rodney Rhino Slater, saxophone, Roger Ruskin Spear, tenor sax and various contraptions, and Legs Larry Smith on drums. Over time, the band included all kinds of people, including members of various duration, including Vernon Dudley Bohey Noel, Martin Sam Spoons Ash, Happy Wally Wilkes, Tom Parkinson, Chris Jennings, Claude Abeau, Trevor Brown, Tom Hedge, Eric Idle, Eric Clapton, Elton John, Paul McCartney, Leon Williams, John Perry, Raymond Lewitt, Sidney Big Sid Nichols, James Jim Strobes Chambers, Bob Kerr, Dave Clogg, Joel Druckmann, Borneo Fred Munt, Chalky Chalky, Dennis Cowan, Ainsley Dunbar, Jim Capaldi, Anthony Bubbs White, Andy Roberts, Dave Richards, Pete Curry, Dick Perry, Huey Flint, Tony Kay, and Glenn Colson. Keith Moon, who became great friends with both Stanchel and Smith, played drums for part of the Bonzo set at the 1969 Plumpton Festival. The Who were headlining that night. They were good at little ditties. As you can see, they were well-connected with Monty Python, The Beatles, Eric Clapton, The Who, and a variety of other British rockers, whom they often ridiculed. No one was immune from these very solid musicians, who even went after the British blues scene. good at epic genre ballads like Bad Blood, A Cowboy Story. Not long ago in a one-horse town down south of Santa Fe One-eyed half-breed amputee sat thinking of the way he'd settle the score with that... Yes, the Bonzos played all kinds of styles. I love them for their goofiness, but musicians love them for their ability to play almost anything. Listen to keyboardist, musical improviser, and historian of music, Joshua Raul Brody. But the great thing about the band, as with Zappa, was their range. They could do totally legit trad jazz and music hall numbers, bizarre Dada jams, straight-ahead pop, and even bubblegum. Piggy Bank Love. 
straight-ahead novelty comedy, haunting ballads, and on and on and on. Each genre they essayed, they conquered with their mastery. And for a group that numbered so many idiosyncratic geniuses and certified nutcases like Stanchel and grumpy misanthropes like Innes, it's a miracle they stayed together and collaborated productively for as long as they did. Big shot. You heard me right the first time, name of Bachelor Johnny Cool. Occupation, big shot. Occupation at the moment, just having fun. What a party that was, the drinks were loaded and so were the dolls. I narrowed my eyes and poured a stiff Manhattan, then I saw Hotsey. The Bonzos performed regularly on British TV, most notably on ITV's Do Not Adjust Your Set, Blue Peter, and with John Peel on BBC's Radio 1's Top Gear. Their main songwriters were Viv Stanchel and Neil Innes, with contributions from everyone else. Stanchel was the brilliantly quirky lead singer most of the time. His is the signature voice on The Big Shot and Bad Blood, as well as many other songs. Vivian Stanchel was a wonderful character. Here is what Neil Innes says of their first meeting. We first met in a big Irish pub in South London, the New Cross Arms. He was quite plump in those days, and he was wearing Billy Bunter check trousers, a Victorian frock coat, black coat tails, horrible little oval violet-tinted pince-nez glasses, he had a euphonium under his arm, and large rubber false ears. And I thought, well... This is an interesting character. When, on one of their relatively unsuccessful tours of the U.S., they were stopped by a local sheriff, Innes remembers they were asked if they were carrying any firearms or drugs. When they denied both, the officer asked how they were going to defend themselves. Stancho piped up from the back of the minibus. With good manners! <laughs> continued to compose songs over the years. He is the author of the band's biggest hit, I'm the Urban Spaceman. Innes is a terrific piano and guitar player. He appeared in Monty Python's The Holy Grail as Sir Robin's sidekick and sang the song, Sir Robin's Song. Bravely bold Sir Robin brought forth from Camelot He was not afraid to die Oh, brave Sir Robin he was not at all afraid to be killed in nasty ways. Pray, 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 Sir Robin. He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp, or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken. To have Over the years, Innes was a semi-regular on various BBC radio shows, as was Viv Stanchel. Stanchel managed the Bonzos for a few years, but apparently this drove him into fits of deep anxiety, which eventually caused him severe bouts of depression on and off. When he died in 1995, the London Independent said of Stanchel, A showman, singer, mime artist, compere, trumpet player and composer, he was also a painter, sculptor and writer. Blessed with a fevered imagination and a great love of manipulating words and images.
few years ago, I met Neil Innes at a wedding in London and had the good fortune to ride around with him in a rickshaw as he regaled me with stories and snappy remarks. What a guy! What a lucky half hour for a Bonzos fan! The Bonzo Dog Doodah Band was indeed outside the norm, outside the classic track to success, but quite obviously brilliant. I continue to play them, especially when I am in need of having my mood lightened. They are another of the classic bands that met at art schools and took music and civilization in different ways. And I thank Steve Lime Jowers for the introduction and his ongoing goofy perspective on life. That's enough music for now, lads. Thanks for listening to Snap Sessions. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on Patreon. We depend on the support of listeners like you. Hello, I am here with Stefan Hillebrand, my longtime friend from Drama Light, the theater group, uh, the improv theater group in Heidelberg and Mannheim, Mannheim, that I have known for years. Um, I met Stefan originally in a workshop in 1995, I believe it was. <laughs> And um, they were a young and powerful group. And I met him along with his future wife, he's Olda Fisher. Stefan has since branched out into uh, film work. And in fact, he went to film school. He was going to film school when I met him. And um, he has made a number of films over the years. Were, did you, were you interested in films right away as a young person, as a child? Yeah, um... Yeah, I come from a family where watching movies and TV wasn't anything special. Most of my family would rather go out than watch movies or TV. My brother, But my brother, who was five years older than me, always took me with him to the movies. I saw all the Tarzan movies with Johnny Weissmuller in the 1980s for three marks each. My brother went out of his way to take me to the movies, so I was at a lot of films. As a 10-year-old, I was regularly at the movies. I even liked westerns. My uncles took an especial interest in showing me spaghetti westerns. At the time, you mentioned Tarzan and westerns and so forth. Did you love all kinds of genre films? Did you like? Did you like science fiction too, and all everything, all kinds of genres? Um, I like the whole spectrum. I like commercial movies, art house films. There are no film genres that I don't like at all. For me, it's kind of so. I say that genre mag ich überhaupt nicht gerne. My first cinema experience was tatsächlich E.T. My first movie experience was E.T. I was about 10 when I saw it, and I went to see it three times. Actually, I should point out that I had lost my father to a heart attack when I was nine, so I could identify with this boy, with Elliot from E.T. Und ich bin in eine fremde Stadt gezogen, habe ich da damals noch relativ, ja, nicht alleine, aber ich sag mal... And I moved to and was raised in a different town, so I felt relatively alone. Maybe a bit like an alien myself, like I was inhabiting a strange body. 
So I was really impressed and inspired by the film. I had the video, the soundtrack, and listened to it all the time. So I love the film. A couple of years ago, I watched it again with my daughter, and I still love it. And um, so you were a little bit like, well, like Elliot, about the same age. So that was a great way to identify with the film then. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other films that you, you most remember from childhood? I actually remember the Westerns most, especially the John Wayne Westerns. I have two cousins that were always watching Westerns, and we loved listening to the music. We listened a lot. I think Westerns shaped my film thinking a lot, although today I don't really have much to do with the genre. They were still influential. The beauty of my time at University of Heidelberg was that I had a lot of free time. I wasn't so stressed as studying today. You had time to try things out. Basically, I got to know a lot of people and I tried a lot of things out. At the time, I began to play around with making films. There was a group in Heidelberg, the Media Forum, where they would let you borrow cameras and there were places to edit. I gladly took part. So you were experimenting, you just decided, I want to try to make some films on my own. That's your, that was your initial impulse, was to do something like that. But I had little films already, yeah? I was making little films and trying out lots of things, even painting. I tried to make some big paintings, even if I wasn't showing any real ability. But in this experimental way, I came upon improv theater. Okay, so your first describe your first adventuring into the world of improvisation. Ganz genau. Das war über einen Workshop, der angeboten worden ist. Und uh, Sabine und Isolde. Uh, There was a workshop, and Sabine, Isolde, a couple people I was studying with, Isolde is now my wife, they asked if I'd like to come to a workshop. I gave it a chance, and it grew from there. einfach diesen Workshop zusammen gemacht, und dann ergab sich die Möglichkeit, dass das Theater damals noch Nachwuchs gesucht hat. It was really an accident, but in a way, it became a love at first sight. Nicht vor, aber es war Liebe auf den ersten Blick. Es war damals tatsächlich so, dass ähm, die Gruppe so ein bisschen an einem Scheideweg stand. Äh, sie suchten wirklich Nachwuchs. The Drama Light Group war, die waren am Anfang sehr, sehr offen so it was really quite open. There were kind of open workshops like jam sessions where anybody could show up and get on stage. And it started to develop. Suddenly, there were ten players, and we started to train regularly, and eventually to do regular performances. Do you remember what a typical drama light show was, say, in 1995? Something like that? The first shows had maybe double so many audience members as players, so we played in front of 15 to 20 people, and typically we just played improv games. Storytelling was incredibly challenging at first. As a group, as a group to tell a story. 
Mhm. Und äh, wir waren sehr beeinflusst, weil die drei Gründer, also drei der Gründer von Drama Light, haben alle bei Lee Cock in Paris We were very der, influenced by Pantomime, as three of the founders have been trained by Lee Cock's Clown School in Paris, as well as having some from Street Theater. Am Anfang sehr, sehr beeinflusst. Ja, es war immer sehr stark der It was a strong influence, how to play the game and how to play with the audience. At the time, und it ja, was kind of philosophical. Um ehrlich zu sein, ich habe viele Jahre gehabt, wo ich mich Honestly, ich I was kind of shy at the time. It was rather a long time before I felt at home on an improv stage. To be able to narrate stories and find my place in the group. At first, I didn't feel able to keep up with the excellent actors and singers in the group. But eventually, my storytelling abilities helped me find a place on the team. Über die Jahre wahnsinnig gute Schauspieler gehabt, gute Sänger. Da konnte ich nie mithalten, aber ähm, mein, 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 mein Storytelling-Talent äh, äh, hat, hat glaube ich, mir geholfen, sozusagen. Dann And actually, it has brought me the most joy Und tatsächlich ist es auch etwas, was mir am meisten Freude macht. And uh, maybe you could describe getting into film school and then your early days in film school, what fascinated you about it, mm. and we'll go from there. Ja, ähm, wie ich vorhin schon beschrieben habe, habe ich schon ähm, immer wieder so kleinere Filmprojekte gemacht und hatte auch schon, man muss, um an der Filmhochschule akzeptiert zu werden, auch ein paar Filme natürlich zeigen. Also ich hatte vorher schon welche gemacht und hatte da... Ähm, I described having done a variety of small film projects, which helped me get into film school, and I had worked with improv in film already, which was sort of by accident. I was working on a short film and found that the actors and the neighbors and amateurs couldn't handle the dialogue I had written. Ich habe dann mit Laienschauspielern gearbeitet, meine Nachbarn, als ein junges Paar. Sie sahen super aus. So I started improvising with them and found in the end it was much better than what I had written. So I had sort of tasted first blood as an improv film director. Und dann haben wir improvisiert mit ihnen und das war am Ende viel viel besser als das Drehbuch, was ich geschrieben hatte. So ich hatte ein bisschen Blut geleckt, ja, Impro. Und war am Anfang erstmal ein bisschen erschlagen unfassbar viel Technik. Ähm, dann war das sehr strukturiert. Ähm, es war die erste war sehr eingeteilt. In the beginning, film school slayed me. An incredible amount of tech, and it was all very structured, especially first-year screenplay writing, camera work, learning to direct, then experimenting with film. Man, it really overwhelmed me. It took a while for me to find my way, but I learned an incredible amount in a very short time. Aber ich habe auch wahnsinnig viel gelernt, ja, also... Um, when I was talking to Isolde the other day, she said that one of the things was that you and Oliver uh, realized on, in the making of Venderichtige Kommt that the um, young Turkish guy you were working with was going to go back to Turkey. Mm -hmm. And so you said, well, we'll go with you. <laughs> yes. and, um, and it strikes me that that is one of the um, uh, patterns of your career as a filmmaker, mm -hmm was because film is so hard to put together, mm -hmm. because you always require money, mm -hmm. you have to sort of take advantage of the situation. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that's one of the things you had to do in film was, okay, we'll figure mm -hmm. it out. Would you say that that's something that you have to do as a director mm -hmm. because of money? Naja, das ist natürlich immer so, dass man, ob man jetzt Filme im, wie ich und Oliver als improvisiert oder ein Budget hat, man hat immer zu wenig Geld. Es ist immer ein, 
Well, yes, Oliver and I have always had to work within a budget, so we've improvised a lot. You never have enough money. It's always a business with limited resources, working with what you've got. When we started, when the right one comes along, we were lucky because we had gotten some money from Butcher's Bride. Ja. Und ähm, als wir uns entschieden haben, als wir angefangen haben, wir wollten den eigentlich nur in Mannheim drehen und als dann diese It had been successful, and we won some prizes. Suddenly, we had resources, 15,000 euros to start with. So when this offer came to go to Adana in southern Turkey, we could actually afford the flights. If we hadn't had the money, the film would have gone in a different direction. It was a great feeling, and that really is the improv spirit. We generally have one rule for our film. Everything must be new. We are not allowed to repeat a shot. We go after every offer. This strategy has been radical, but it has paid off. Es ist sehr radikal gewesen. Ähm, es hat sich am Ende ausgezahlt. You met Oliver in film school, so perhaps you could describe your initial meeting with Oliver mm -hmm. and how you decided to work together, and then we can go on to some of the specific films. Ja, also wir haben uns tatsächlich in der Filmhochschule, wir sind im gleichen Jahrgang gestartet und wir haben mehrere Klassen zusammen gehabt. Wir haben im ersten und im zweiten Jahr verschiedene, also im ersten Jahr waren, hatten, waren wir komplett zusammen, im zweiten Jahr hatten wir auch... Ähm, so we started the same year and had a lot of the same classes in the first two years of the course. So we got to be friends and supported each other in other classes and in our various projects. Bei der jeweiligen Arbeit. Und so, das war in der Filmhochschule so. Und als wir dann fertig waren, haben wir beide Projekte gehabt. Ich habe damals versucht, einen Dokumentarfilm in Pristina at one point, I was pursuing a documentary in Pristina, in Kosovo, and was down there directing, while Oliver was pursuing something else. Neither one of us was having any luck, and neither one was making good decisions. Tough times. I felt stranded. Then I called Oliver and said, I would like to shoot and would like it to be done in six months. Would you like to do something with me? Und er hat gesagt, ja, mir geht's ähnlich wie dir. Lass uns was improvisieren, habe ich gefragt. Lass uns was machen mit wenig Geld, mit dem, was da ist. Und dann hat er gesagt, ja. Das war der, das war, so haben wir angefangen, die Wurstverkäuferin, The Butcher's Bride. And he said yes. I feel like you. Let's improvise something. Let's work with the money we have. That's when we started with Butcher's Bride. And suddenly, we were on our first joint project. At the time, Oliver didn't have as much improv experience as I did. He had edited some of my improvised stuff, a couple of short films. So we got started and made The Butcher's Bride. It was successful, so what started in an emergency situation ended up working. Yes, it's a little bit of serendipity. Suddenly we were discovering new areas and began to develop together and have continued to this day. Yeah. Twenty-minute film about a woman who works at a uh, butcher shop in Mannheim, and she has a, a bossy boss who's kind of pushy and so forth. And, mm -hmm. 
and maybe tell us a little bit how you got got going on that, and mm-hmm. then maybe a few uh, specifics about the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also die die Grundidee war tatsächlich, also ganz kurz. The basic idea, the the, the premise was the wish to be someone other than yourself. You know, like you see your neighbor and wish you were him or her. Man sieht, man hat einen Nachbarn oder eine, eine schöne Nachbarin und man denkt immer, man, man kennt die Person nicht, aber man, 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 man interpretiert in das Leben I'd done a eines, with eines and met a young guy, Matthias Freitag. Ich hatte damals to have Matthias uh, als Cashier in a grocery gemacht, store who fell in love with kennengelernt, Mathi- uh, Matthias Freitag, den ich uh, mir als Schauspieler gut vorstellen konnte. Um, und ich hatte die Grundidee, uh, dass er eine Kassiererin in einem Supermarkt sich verliebt. Nun war das damals sehr schwer, in einem Supermarkt ein, äh, eine Drehgenehmigung zu bekommen. Ja. Und dann ähm, habe ich lustigerweise, ich wohne mittlerweile in der gleichen Straße, in, in dem Viertel, wo ich da gerade hingezogen bin, habe ich eine Metzgerei then, entdeckt, die ich noch nicht gesehen hatte, weil ich war, ich war zu wenig lang in dem That I hadn't noticed before. I thought, I'll ask them if they might be interested. So was zu machen ist ein kleiner, ganz kleiner Laden gewesen. Und dann bin ich reingegangen und meinte, ja, ruf mal den, ruf mal meinen Chef an, der ist so offen für sowas. Und dann sagte, ja, könnt ihr gerne machen. Und ich schlachte auch selbst. I went and asked the boss, and he said, sure, you can shoot here as long as it's early morning and you don't mind if we are slaughtering and butchering animals. And I thought, okay, that's typical improv situation. I just got an offer from a butcher shop location. Und dann haben wir wirklich den Film begonnen mit unserem Metzger und der Metzger, also mit mit Isolde und ihrem Spielpartner, ihr ihr Chef, gleichzeitig ihr. Uh, uh, ihr Freund, ihr, ihr, ihr Geliebter, um, dort zu drehen. Und wir haben wirklich real beim echt Schlachten, es wurden Schweine und Rinder getötet. Bis heute hassen uns viele Zuschauer dafür, weil es sehr brutal aussieht. Uh, und der ist der einzige Film, der eine Altersfreigabe von zwölf Jahren bekommen hat. Das ist also der so we begin the film with Isolde. The other characters um, and the boss. It was totally real at times. They were butchering uh, and slaughtering animals. To this day, a lot of film viewers have yelled at me about the animal brutality. You can still see it on YouTube. Interestingly enough, one of the actors, Jürgen List, who played the butcher, said, und das war so realistisch. Und da haben wir gesagt, wir machen keinen Spielfilm, wir machen einen Doku-Fake. Wir tun, machen eine Dokumentation. Ja, das war damals so, da fing das gerade hey, an. Hey, so realistic. It's like we're making a mockumentary. And so we did interviews too so and ended up with something different than a regular film feature. Mit Interviews und äh, am Ende hebt der Film natürlich ab und wird zu einem klassischen Spielfilm, aber ähm, ja, und das war So we went in this direction ganz, and we're surprised to see where this location pushed us. The location waren, helped us to find the film. Man findet, wenn man einfach ja sagt, man, wir, wir haben damals sehr vielen Filmfestivalen äh, haben, haben den Film gezeigt, wir haben mehrere Preise gewonnen und wir hatten ein kleines Startkapital und wir haben dieses Geld genommen und gesagt, daraus lass uns jetzt in drei, vier Wochen einen we showed the film, film in a lot of festivals and we won a lot of prizes and suddenly we had some start capital. So we thought we would use it to start a new film, something we could improvise in three to four weeks. Mit einer, mit der Frau, mit der Hauptdarstellerin. 
und mit ihrem Gegenpart, eine, eine Art Mentorin. Our radical ähm, idea was to start genau, with two zwei, characters, zwei Frauenfiguren. two women, wir haben one a main character and one playing a side character. Im Café, These two women developed in the first few days. Geredet. We put them together on ähm, set and got them started. Und dann haben wir begonnen, sozusagen, das ist auch etwas, was wir bis heute machen, dass wir die ersten Drehtage nutzen mit den Schauspielern am realen Set, deren Figuren zu vervollständigen. Ja. Und dann haben wir diese beiden Figuren entwickelt. Das heißt, wir haben zwei, drei Tage mit Isolde gedreht und äh, ein, zwei Tage mit Helga Grimme. We started damals shooting with Isolde and Helga Grimme, a wonderful actress that Isolde had Isolde, met in Stuttgart when she was a director's assistant. Helga was a fantastic actress. Und die beiden haben sich zum allerersten Mal im ersten Take Helga gesehen. Was a also mal am Set. Who we <lacht> wir, haben, wir, haben, wir haben sozusagen, da fingen fing wir an, wir lassen diese Charaktere aufeinander prallen, wir haben uns in die Straßenbahn gesetzt, die haben kein einziges Wort als Schauspieler vor miteinander geredet, die haben sich zum ersten Mal gespürt, während der Szene. Character, das heißt, wir wussten, Isoldes Figur wird äh, Fahrkarten kontrolliert, sie hat keine Fahrkarte dabei und wir haben nur der, der Helga Grimmes Figur gesagt, helf ihr. Mhm. So, und das war ganz spannend. Also und solche Momente versuchen wir Schauspieler wirklich in, in We love to bring actors together in such circumstances where they're surprised. Wo sie, It's really wo sie sich immer wieder selbst überraschen dürfen und das macht natürlich auch einen heiden Spaß. How did you find the actor to play the Turkish security guard, which of course is kind of key to that film? Genau. Die, die Grundidee von, ich muss kurz bei der, bei der Figur von der Hauptfigur anfangen, bei Paula, Isoldes Figur, Isoldes Figur, sie wohnt in, sie in einer typischen Our Familie, einer sehr armen Familie aufgewachsen, wo keiner feste Arbeit hat. Sie war die most industrious person in der Familie, die one who could make a living, and she lived in a tiny flat. Und in that was in the basic idea. Das ist so, so we made her a cleaning lady. Die, die, die she worked in a building complex. Und, um, und wir haben sie dann als Putz zur Putzfrau gemacht. Cleaning Lady. Und wir haben wirklich begonnen in einem großen Gebäudekomplex. Sie mit, der, mit, den, mit den Putzfrauen vor Ort ist sie putzen gegangen. Und dann haben wir erstmal gemerkt, oh, Putzfrauen und Sicherheitsfachmänner machen zusammen Pause. Die haben viel miteinander gesprochen, sich ab. Dann hat Security Guard. Paula, ihre Figur, findet Tur die türkische Kultur interessant. Ja? So, und dann haben wir gesagt, das ist eine tolle, tolle Idee, sie verliebt sich in einen türkischen Wachmann, der da arbeitet. Ja, und dann haben wir, so, das war während des Drehs, das war nach dem vierten oder fünften Drehtag, haben wir gesagt, Security okay, jetzt Guard. brauchen wir einen türkischen Wachmann. Und dann, haben wir, und dann ähm, kam ich auf die Idee, äh, ich, äh, ich wusste, dass eine, eine, eine Theatergruppe in that part of town hier in einem Stadtteil türkischen, mit türkischen, italienischen Jugendlichen ist, und ich habe Theatergruppe gemacht, und bin so dann auf den Jan gekommen. And der, he'd even worked as a security guard. It was great and we were having a lot of fun when suddenly he announced, oh, I forgot, I have to go to my cousin's wedding in Turkey. Oh, so it was the real thing. Und dann haben wir angefangen zu drehen mit ihm. Es hat sehr viel Spaß gemacht. Es, äh, es hat sehr gut funktioniert. Mhm. Äh, und dann, nach ein paar Tagen, wo wir schon mitten im Prozess waren, hat er uns plötzlich gesagt, sorry, ich habe vergessen, meinen Cousin heiratet. 
Und äh, ich muss zur Hochzeit. Ich kann leider nicht mehr die nächsten zwei Wochen oder die nächsten drei Wochen, wie wir mit ihm drehen wollten, ich kann nur noch fünf Tage oder vier Tage. Also wir dachten, wow, das ist richtig, richtig, richtig schlecht. Ja? Ähm, In the next two to three weeks, wir, äh, I can only work five days gefragt, or so. Wo, wo And we thought, Hochzeit? Und oh, meinte, ja, Adana, that is really a disaster. But we suddenly asked him, Where is this wedding? He said Adana in Turkey. That's where his family's from. We were frustrated at first, but then decided to ask, hey, could we come with you and shoot the film? He said, sure, why not? And suddenly we were on our way. It turned out to be a great adventure, not just for the main character, but also for us. Southern Turkey was a blast. einfach weitergedreht. Wir planen zusammen in die Türkei zu gehen, die Frauen träumen, diesen Mann da zu suchen und plötzlich wird sie allein gelassen. Und der Zuschauer weiß noch, also mit der Frau könnte das vielleicht schaffen, weil die ist tough. Die sieht gut We just aus, kept shooting. We went to Turkey and watched this Paula Isola followed her dream and suddenly she was alone looking for Mustafa. The viewer knows she can pull it off because she's tough, she's good looking and she can talk. And Paula is really crazy in a survivor kind of way. She may look like a bumpkin, and she is naive. She can't speak English or Turkish, but she travels to Adana as a big, strong, blonde woman and refuses to be stranded. Und wir sind am Anfang wirklich da auch, wir sind da angekommen, wir wussten nicht, was wir machen sollten. Das Erste ist, wir sind einfach die ersten drei Tage nur Taxi gefahren. Also Paula sucht, die fragt immer, wo ist Mustafa Özakbik? Kennen Sie mhm. den? In der Stadt wohnen zwei Millionen Menschen und keiner weiß es und kein, sie kann nur Deutsch. Und wir haben uns wirklich ganz real, sind wir, wir haben uns wirklich treiben lassen. Wir wussten auch irgendwann nicht weiter. Und wir haben uns It's fun to watch her deal with things as she looks for Mustafa. She asked various taxi drivers to help her find Mustafa in the city of two million people. We followed various taxis that took Paula from one place to the next. On the third day, a taxi driver took her to the Hilton Hotel where she met a guy at the desk who speaks German. Suddenly, Paula has a friend who helps her find Mustafa. It was crazy. And she asked him, can you help Mustafa to search? Und er sagt, es ist crazy. Du, du Wir werden uns wiedersehen. So long my heart ist yeah. der englische Titel, ja. Yeah. Und das, ja, yeah, so long my heart. Mm -hmm. And this film uh, was filmed around an old age home, Pflegeheim in German. Mm -hmm. A really sort of a rehab place for old people. And a completely different thing. And also, this was done completely in Mannheim. Wasn't this one? Yeah. Was done. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you ha got a really good uh, actor from Berlin, Tom Jan, who is from the Impro Gorillas mm -hmm. from Berlin, a very experienced actor. Formerly, I think he learned acting in um, in the DDR in East Germany. I think. Stop, yeah, when, yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, tell us a little bit about this film and what inspired you and Oliver to work on this one. Genau, ich muss ganz kurz auch wieder zurück zu, wenn der Richtige kommt. Wir okay. hatten bei, wenn der Richtige kommt, uns gesagt, wir wiederholen keine Takes. Wir haben quasi, oh. wir, haben, wir haben sehr lange im Schnitt gebraucht. Uh -huh. Also der Film hat uns, wir haben zwei bis drei Jahre an dem Film geschnitten. Das war sehr kompliziert. Let's go back to when the right one comes along. This film showed us we wanted to do less takes. Maybe just one. We had taken so long to do editing, two to three years. It was really complicated to put it together. 
We thought we'd really like to make a film happen more quickly. Die fand die Arbeitsweise interessant und hat war war wirklich perfekt auch dafür. Und wir haben jetzt angefangen Dinge zu wiederholen auch. Wir haben unsere Arbeitsweise weiterentwickelt, kann man sagen, ja. Der Film vom von der ersten Klappe vom ersten Drehtag bis zur bis zur Welt bis zur Weltpremiere von Sebastian really terrific camera woman quite well known. This film from beginning to end to its premiere took only six months. It was super quick. We shot it in 20 days and edited it in two to three months. Die Grundidee hier auch wieder. So that was our driving gesagt haben, wir möchten diese diese Fläche, diese diese Welt der der alten Menschen nehmen, ja? Das ist die letzte Station im Leben. Ja. Die, die kommen da nicht freiwillig hin, die kommen zum Sterben fast We wanted to show this world of old folks who are on the last parts of their lives. They don't come voluntarily. They are sort of there to die. And we worked on telling life stories. And we wanted to show the contrast between younger people who are 40 to 50 years old who are falling in love with older folks. They're all sorts of prisoners, some from age, some from their habits, people in cages in some ways. The main character is obsessed by sex and relationships. In einer schrecklichen Beziehung gefangen von einem Mann, der, der, zwei, der verheiratet ist und sie ist seine Geliebte und äh, also wo sie glaubt, in der Hoffnung gefangen, irgendwann lässt er mich mal, <lacht> verlässt er die andere Frau und kommt mit mir zusammen. Aber mhm. da, das hat uns sehr interessiert und quasi mit diesem, mit diesem, mit dieser Begrenztheit, mit diesem, diesem Gefangenen. Meanwhile, old folks are stuck in the home with their maladies. We played with these limitations and boundaries. We were very influenced by the music we chose. The film used Doc Vents and his band Mardi Gras, who had done a lot of music for us over time. He really inspired us. The title song of the film we had And he was very inspired. We will see us again. The title of the film is also inspired by the music. Wonderful song. Und, äh, bis dahin, dass, dass diese and the band Bands, also played spirits in the old age als, home. Als Geister, spirits that were like Altenheim, angels to the people who lived there. Durch Altenheim nachts ziehen und von äh, einer Bewohnerin äh, als, als Schlagersänger äh, und als, als, als positive Engel sozusagen da yeah. auch. Ähm. Quasi am Anfang hingekommen und haben ein Casting gemacht. Mhm. Und da waren 20 bis 30 ältere Damen und Herren. Und ich habe gesagt, jeder von ihnen, die in dem Film mitspielen wollen, dürfen mitspielen. Und das ist auch so. Es sind, entweder sind sie manchmal vielleicht nur als Kompass. At the beginning, we basically did a casting for 20 to 30 older men and women. We told each of them they could play parts. Two women got big parts and really did well. They sort of became the heartbeat of the film. We were lucky to find them naturally. It was different to work with the older folks. Ich muss, da, ich, kann da nicht, ich muss da sehr respektvoll sein. Ja, ich kann auch von der nicht das Gleiche erwarten wie von einem Schauspieler. Ja, sondern es ist eine ganze, das, das prägt natürlich die Arbeitsweise sehr. Und da ist man an bestimmten Sachen auch gefangen, sage ich mal. Man kann nicht einfach sagen, jetzt mach das mal. Oder ich möchte jetzt eine Pflegeszene. Ich möchte jetzt gerne dich in You can't just say, I want a caretaker das, scene with few clothes. Frau nicht erwarten. You can't expect ja? these sort of das things heißt, and you ähm, have to show respect. Oder ich muss anders mit ihnen arbeiten. Shooting a film under these conditions kommen. can be tough. There are certain results that come from these conditions. Sometimes you wonder if you could just have expected a different result. And sometimes things happen in unexpected ways. 
würde man sagen, end, wow, hätte man mehr machen on. können, hätte man mit denen mehr Zeit gehabt. Und manchmal entstehen Sachen, wo man denkt, das haben wir jetzt in 20 Minuten gedreht und es ist eine sensationell gute Szene, auf die wäre ich vorher nicht gekommen. Also das ist immer so, natürlich bei jeder Arbeitsweise gibt es natürlich auch Sachen, wo man, man kriegt nicht alles. Ein Tod muss man sterben. So heißt ja. es immer, ne? Ja. And uh, it's called Vielen Dank für Nix. And I believe in English it's called Keep on Rolling. Keep rolling, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a story about a guy who gets in a uh, snowboarding accident and uses the, loses the use of his legs. Mm -hmm. And uh, he then ends up having to go to a rehab center mm -hmm. in uh, Tirol, mm -hmm. Tirol. Mm -hmm. And he's very resentful and very angry. And he's in his early 20s. And suddenly he's thrown in with all these people who are handicapped, who have trouble talking. Some of them are uh, maybe uh, hurt in other ways. And he ends up then getting to know them over the course of the film. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, how did you uh, decide to, uh, to make this film? Ja, die Grundidee hier war, dass Behinderte, die, ich habe selbst während meines Zivildienstes behinderte Menschen betreut, Kinder mehrfach, und in der Regel eher als Opfer da gesehen werden. We ja, wanted to make a film Schweine. about being handicapped. Und, äh, wir fanden das During my civilian ähm, service, I worked with disabled people, mostly kids. As a rule, many folks see them as victims, but we wanted to show other aspects. In the film, there was a gas station robbery, so we had victims become offenders or activists. That's where we started. Das war so die Spiel damit, ja, also Opfer, Täter sein, ja. So, so das auch, das war die Ausgangssituation. Wir haben für den Film auch unser größtes Budget gehabt von unserer gemeinsamen Arbeit. Filmförderung, ein, ein Grund, also der Hauptgrund, warum wir auch in Südtirol gedreht haben, war dann, weil wir aus Südtirol Filmförderung bekommen We had a relatively big budget. We worked in South Tirol because we had gotten some financial support, but there were certain stipulations we had to work with. There were many more positive than not, We had more money, we had more time, and we had a relative star, Joel Bassmann, who was kind of a big star in Switzerland. He's also known in Germany, and we had thought, let's bring our work to a new level. That's what we were working for. Sort of politically involved in the handicap movement and so forth. What was it like working with a lot of them? Did were were they good at improvising or were they? What was it like? Das ist das war um, ganz unterschiedlich. Mm -hmm. Es gab sehr talentierte mm -hmm. äh, und es also ähnlich wie mit allen Laien. Also mit wir auch im Altenheim damals ja. Äh, die äh, Frau Langer. There were some so very talented gespielt. types as there had äh, been in so genau. Sie konnte Dinge Mrs. Wiederholen. Langer was so good. Sie, She was so genuine. She could repeat also, scenes. Es war zu, sehr unterschiedlich zum Teil, mm -hmm. aber ähm, also die, die, die beiden starken Nebenfiguren. It was the same in the handicapped home. Ähm, Both haben, of the main side characters rehearsed a bit beforehand. They did really Well. Die, die, die haben das sehr, finde ich, sehr, sehr gut gemacht. Und sie wurden, also Bastian Wurps, ähm, äh, Niki Rappel, äh, besonders Bastian, ähm, der, der wurde Sebastian Wurps und Niki Hopper, especially Sebastian, got better and better toward the end. We could really work well with him. Um, it's called Level Up Your Life. And this one, you worked with also some actors and actresses who had, didn't have that much experience mm. in front of the camera. 
I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about this story and, mm. and the kind of story mm. it is. Da hatten wir das Oberthema Mobbing. Mhm. Wir, wir wollten das Thema Mobbing ähm, bearbeiten und äh, hatten uns auch ein... Ähm, aber die Arbeit mit den Schauspielern, war, das war eine Frage. Ähm, ehrlich gesagt, für mich ist es eigentlich ähm, immer kein Unterschied, ob ich jetzt einen talentierten Schauspieler habe oder einen talentierten Laien. Wichtig dabei ist die Bereitschaft von den, den Menschen, die das spielen, sich in eine Rolle einzudenken. Die Bereitschaft quasi the ein Spiel einzudenken. Ja. Und wenn die da ist, truth, weil jeder seine Grenzen, auch ein guter Darsteller hat seine Grenzen vielleicht an einen anderen Das heißt, ich glaube, das ist doch das, The readiness to play the game. When that is present, every performer can move beyond the boundaries and become a full character. That is the work of making improv successful. Being able to work, to say yes to the situation, to bring myself into it wahnsinnig berührend äh, spielt, weil sie die immer während diese Bereitschaft hat, ich lasse mich auf diese Rolle ein, ich äh, versuche mich reinzudenken, ich fühle mich da rein. I think in some ways some of your uh, work is a little bit like the work of Christopher Guest mm -hmm. and a lot of the people in the United States who are taking structured impro mm -hmm. improvised stories. Uh, Best in Show, he has done uh, Waiting for Guffman. Mm -hmm. A lot of these works that he mm -hmm. has done is similar to the way you work. Mm -hmm. I was just curious, what are some of the people who have inspired you to do mm -hmm. the films you have done? Die Hauptinspiration kam immer wieder aus der Idee, wie schafft man es, einen Film zu improvisieren? Ja? Das ist, steht immer auch im Fokus. Ja? In Deutschland gibt es mittlerweile eine Bewegung von jungen Filmemachern, wo ähm, German Mumblecore. The main inspiration <lacht> comes from how do I improvise a film? That always pushes things into focus. In Germany, there's a movement of young filmmakers which is called the German Mumblecore. It's a movement directed toward working methods that push young directors to do really interesting things. One German journalist Deswegen named Oliver and I is the precursor viele, viele of German Mumblecore. I guess I feel the same way about Spielberg, who influenced me so much when I was a kid. Later in my life and career, I would have to say that documentaries have inspired me. When I introduced your film, Vielen Dank für Nix, before the audience in Mendocino, they put it on a, the Friday night, the opening night of the film festival, at 5.30 in the evening, at the same time that they were having the, the gala event where all the people were going to a completely different venue. And I was enraged on your behalf. And I know it's one of those things where I was like, oh no, and only about 35 people came. Mm -hmm. Many of them fellow German speakers from our area came. And I remember telling you afterwards, it just wasn't fair. They did this. And you said to me, Doug, it's a film festival. It happens all the time. <laughs> and I remember thinking, wow, that shows a lot of grace. That mm -hmm. shows a lot of, you know, I understand this is life. Mm -hmm. And so there's something about that kind of honesty that I really appreciate in an mm -hmm. artist. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you bring a film to a cinema and there's 300 people and the next night there's five. You really can't tell. In a film festival, you'll often have great conversations with five very satisfied people or five people you've made incredibly angry. Or you'll play in an art house with five people. You really have to 
Leute auch. bei fünf Leuten, pass auf. Also man, man muss es, glaube ich, wirklich loslassen. Ja, danke, Stefan. Es, <lacht> es ist eine Freude, dich als ein Freund zu haben. Ja. Vielen Dank. Danke, dir. Danke. Thanks to our artist of the show, German filmmaker Stefan Hillebrand. Thanks to our techmeister, Marshall Downtown Brown. And thanks to our jack of all trades, Ken Kraus. Don't be an airhead. Get out there and do something creative. Dabble in something that inspires you. Read something challenging. Scour magazines. Expand your perspective. Our aim is to give you an international outlook on the arts and a critical look at world politics. Salute the power of creativity and foster international solidarity. Make Mother Earth great again. <laughs>